Documentation by Patient Management If you had to pick a methodology by which to document what you did on a given call, wouldn't it be best to actually document based on what you did? Documentation by patient management gets its strength from your knowledge of patient assessment. The better you know patient assessment, the better you can document the call. In 1999, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration introduced a new way of teaching patient assessment. It was a world apart from the previous version. The previous version of patient assessment that was taught in the United States was primarily designed for serious load-and-go patients. Under the previous system, all patients were considered load-and-go. The new version that came out in 1999 was more realistic and followed a clinical pathway approach. Patient assessment as it is taught today possesses the following key features. Every patient gets a scene size up in a primary survey. At the end of the primary survey, the EMT or paramedic chooses a follow-up assessment. If the transport decision is load and go, then while the patient is being packaged, the EMT or paramedic performs a rapid trauma assessment. The rapid trauma assessment is a rapid assessment that treats and identifies the specific life-threatening conditions that, and is conducted from head to toe. The patient was not injured with a significant mechanism of injury the patient and the patient is conscious. A focus history and physical exam is conducted while still on scene. The focus history and physical exam consists of the, a medical interview, baseline vital signs, and an assessment of the patient's chief complaint. All patients receive an ongoing physical examination while en route to the hospital. Scene size up and assessment. The scene size up is an overall assessment of the scene which the EMT or paramedic has been called to gain useful information that includes ensuring scene safety, determining if the patient is suffering from trauma or a medical problem, determining the total number of patients and whether additional resources are needed to handle them. First, we make sure the scene is safe to approach the patient. If it is not safe, then we do something to make it safe, like call PD or the fire department. Once the scene has been made safe, we figure out what caused the incident to occur in the first place. This is called the mechanism of injury. The mechanism of injury will give us clues as to the severity and nature of the in injury or illness and answers the question is, do we do bring a backboard or sea collar or not? Finally, we need to determine how many patients will need care. The reason we need to look for this at the beginning is because of the time to call for additional uses now and not later. The, to document the scene size up, you could write all four elements of the scene size up like this. Scene size up, one patient, MOI, low speed MVC, no airbag deployment, does not meet trauma triage criteria, mechanism. Notice nothing was said about scene safety. The reader can infer, conclude, that by virtue of the fact that you were able to gather all the information, the scene was safe. If something holds up your arrival to the patient, it should be explained in this part of your narrative. Scene size up. Severe traffic hazards found upon arrival, which required PD. Approximately six-minute delay in getting to the patient. One patient, mechanism of injury, low-speed MVC, no airbag deployment, does not meet trauma triage criteria mechanism. Primary survey. The primary survey is defined as the portion of the patient assessment conducted immediately following the scene size up for the purpose of discovering and treating immediately life-threatening conditions. The primary survey is defined as the portion of patient assessment conducted immediately following the scene size up for the purpose of discovering and treating immediately life-threatening conditions. The primary survey begins with the EMT or paramedic developing a general impression of the patient. From this general impression, the, the medics will, would determine that the patient is, is or is not in cardiac arrest based on an absence of signs of circulation. If no signs of circulation are found, the medics should start CPR. Once CPR is initiated, further assessment is really not required as CPR works in cycles of 30 chest compressions and two ventilations, only stopping to defibrillate if necessary and checking for a pulse every four minutes. 
the mechanism of injury requires immobilization, then the medics are to begin immediate stabilization of the cervical spine. Stabilization is different than immobilization in that stabilization is usually done manually and not with a splint, such as a seat collar and a backboard. Moving forward, we assess the patient's level of consciousness using the AVPU scale. Next, we assess the airway. If the patient is able to speak, we can usually assume the airway is clear. If the patient does not speak, we open the airway with the appropriate technique, jaw thrust or for trauma or otherwise head tilt chin lift. If the patient was unable to speak, we assess the patency of the airway uh, by observing air movement. If no adequate air movement is found, we ventilate with a bag valve mask. If during our attempt to ventilate, the breaths do not go in, we reposition the airway. If repositioning fails to allow a breath to pass through the airway, we assume the airway is obstructed and begin AHA BLS protocols for airway maneuvers. If at this point you are not ventilating the patient, you should ass assess the patient's respiratory status by determining rate, rhythm, and quality. If required, begin ventilations or administer supplementary oxygen with a non-rebreather mask or nasal cannula. After assessing respiratory status, we assess the patient's pulse, comparing distal pulses to central and observe the patient to determine if there's any obvious and life-threatening blood loss. Finally, it is up to us to make a transport decision. At this point, we are deciding do we transport now or later. The decision is based off mechanism of injury and level of consciousness or other findings of the primary survey. To document the primary survey, you could write the following. The patient was found sitting in the driver's seat and did not appear to be in distress and was conversing with police officers. Immediate C-spine stabilization was performed. The airway was open and clear. Respirations were adequate. Rate 22, rhythm and quality were normal. Circulation was adequate. No obvious bleeding with intact peripheral pulses. Transport was deferred so that focus history and physical examination could be performed. The above is a way to document the call. You should shorten the narrative with... Abbreviations, as long as everybody knows what the abbreviations mean. Your agency might have a list of commonly used abbreviations. Also note, some vital signs were included in the narrative. Most people feel that the information contained in the narrative should not include information found elsewhere in the report, like vital signs section. If you feel duplicating some information is going to make your patient care report more readable, then go for it. Since this particular scenario does not particularly involve a critically ill patient, we shall proceed to the next appropriate assessment, the focus history and physical exam. A person, a focus history and physical examination can be performed on anybody who is conscious, not injured with a significant mechanism of injury. All kinds of patients fall into this category, many with life-threatening conditions. The critical patients are going to have some sort of medical condition that requires treatment. The difference is that unlike trauma, medical patients usually aren't laying in a pool of their own condition, meaning the only way to assess and eventually resolve the patient is to ask them what is wrong. Additionally, the window for treating conditions such as myocardial infarction and stroke are much wider than the golden hour. That is the point of the focus history and physical exam. The first thing that is done in a focus history and physical examination is to reevaluate the mechanism of injury. Follow-up questions are asked to further define the chief complaint in terms of onset, provocation, quality, radiation, severity, and time. Next, EMS will determine what, if any, allergies to medications, pertinent medical history, last meal, and when, the, and when appropriate, last menstrual period, and events the patient can advise us of. Following the sample history, the EMS crew should take a set of baseline vital signs and then perform an assessment of the patient's chief complaint, further referred to as focused physical examination. To sum up the, pay, the focus physical examination in a few words as possible, basically assess the patient's complaint. To document the focus history and physical examination, you could write the following. Subjective. 
The patient complains of right arm pain following a motor vehicle accident. Patient advises the pain was not there before the accident and describes the pain as an achy sensation that radiates up the arm and the right elbow. The patient rates the pain as a 2 on a scale of 1 to 10. The patient denies loss of consciousness, difficulty breathing, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, chest pain, neck or back pain, inability to speak. The patient advises he was wearing his seatbelt and describes the accident. I was traveling approximately 20 miles an hour when I was distracted by an attractive pedestrian. I wasn't paying attention when I struck the car in front of me. The patient states, it's just my arm that hurts. Do I really need to go to the hospital? Objective. EMS dispatched to a motor vehicle accident at the, at the intersection of a county road. Upon arrival, EMS found the car still in the intersection without significant damage. Very little intrusion was found anywhere in front of the vehicle. Damage was confined to the front bumper. The airbag was deployed. The patient sitting in the driver's seat and did not appear to be in distress and was conversing with police officers. Immediate C-spine stabilization was performed. The airway was open and clear. Respirations were adequate. Circulation was adequate. No obvious bleeding with intact peripheral pulses. Transport was deferred so that a focus history and physical exam could be performed. The focus history and physical examination revealed pain without deformity to the right hand, which possibly was struck by the airbag. The patient was able to move his right hand without pain and presented with a good pulse motor sensory perception. Note that some of the things the patient said were included uh, using quotation marks. If the writer wants to paraphrase what the patient says in their own words, you can use patient advised you of something. Like in this case, he advised me that his hand uh, pain was not there before the accident. Also note that the description of the patient's chief complaint did not have every component of OP, QRS, and T. When writing a narrative, omitting certain details implies that those details were not present or an issue at the time of the writing. This is why it said if you didn't write it, it didn't happen. Here's the finished narrative. Subjective. The patient complains of right arm pain following a motor vehicle accident. The patient advises that the pain was not there before the accident and describes the pain as an achy sensation that radiates up the arm and right elbow. The patient rates the pain as a 2 on a scale of 1 to 10. The patient denies loss of consciousness, difficulty breathing, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, chest pain, neck or back pain, inability to speak. The patient advises he was wearing a seatbelt and describes the accident. I was traveling at approximately 20 miles per hour when I was distracted by an attractive pedestrian. I wasn't paying attention when I struck the car in front of me. The patient states, it's just my arm that hurts. Do I really need to go to the hospital? Objective. EMS dispatched to a motor vehicle collision at the intersection of a county road. Upon arrival, EMS found the car still at the intersection without significant damage. Very little intrusion was found anywhere on the, in front of the vehicle. Damage was confined to the front bumper. The airbag was deployed. The patient was found sitting in the driver's seat and did not appear to be in distress and was conversing with police officers. Immediate C-spine stabilization was performed. The airway was open and clear. Respirations were adequate. Rate was 22. Rhythm and quality were normal. Circulation was adequate, so no obvious bleeding with intact peripheral pulses. Transport was deferred so a focus history and physical examination could be performed. The focus history and physical examination revealed pain without deformity to the right hand, which possibly was struck by the airbag. The patient was able to move his right hand without pain and presented with good pulse motor sensory perception. Assessment. The patient possibly has a broken right hand. Plan. Per protocol, the patient was immobilized on a long backboard and a cervical collar. The patient was given a cold pack for his hand and transported to some hospital ER who was notified while en route. While en route, repeated ongoing physical examinations were performed. No changes were recorded. What if the writer wanted documented the results of a detailed physical exam or a rapid trauma assessment? Easy, just list the body regions, the body regions being evaluated, and then write your findings in the spaces: head, 
No crepitus or bleeding found. Pupils were equally reactive to light. Neck, no jugular vein distension. Trachea was midline. Chest, no penetrations or flail segment. Bilateral equal clear breast sounds. Abdomen, soft and non-tenor. Pelvis, stable. Lower extremities, no bleeding or deformities. PMS intact. Upper extremities, no bleeding or deformities. PMS intact. Posterior, no penetrations, bleeding, or other trauma noted.